Welcome to the GFT podcast, Your Immutable Future, all about DLT and crypto. I'm David Creer, and today I'm joined by Julian Donne and Esteban Cina, and we're going to be talking about crypto custody solutions development. So this is a really interesting area. And my first question is to Julian. Julian, you're, you're based in Switzerland, where the regulators have been well ahead of the curve, and financial institutions have adopted crypto pretty heavily. What do you think was the driving force behind the Swiss regulators' advances compared to other countries? You're absolutely right, David. In Switzerland, and especially in Zurich and Zug, we indeed have a thriving ecosystem regarding blockchain and DLT. And this is due to a well-oiled symbiotic relationship between, first, an increasing demand for digital assets and seasoned institutional investors. Second, a wide talent pool of innovative technicians trained in the banking sector and skilled in financial services. And last, progressive regulators. Indeed, the Swiss federal government and the FINMA understood the potential that blockchain and DLT offers to the financial industry, as well as the world's Swiss economy. Uh, Switzerland really aims uh, at taking a global lead in this sector. And this is particularly true for some of the cantons, such as Zug, where you can actually pay your taxes today with crypto already, paying in Ether or in Bitcoin as well. So fast-paced innovation can only be achieved with progressive regulation, I think. And this is one of the reasons why the Swiss regulation is so crypto-friendly. On another note, the Swiss regulator is also trying to make crypto respectable and transition away from Bitcoin's past shady reputation. And this has to come through regulation. So um, a new set of laws on blockchain and DLT has been approved by the Swiss parliament in September last year and is actually entering in force in 2021. And this set of laws is aiming at increasing legal certainty and reducing barriers to the application of the blockchain technology uh, in Switzerland. So in a nutshell, the regulator is indeed really trying hard to foster innovation and creating a dynamic ecosystem in Zurich and Zug but they're also trying to establish a, regu- a regulatory framework that will provide long-term certainty to the market. Very interesting. So outside of um, Switzerland, Esteban, this, this one's for you. All, all, all of a sudden, we're seeing a lot of incumbent banks waking up to the need to provide crypto uh, services for their clients, especially in, in countries like America, where we're seeing news about uh, banks uh, providing institutional crypto for pretty much every week or, or, or doing something in this area. At the, at the moment. Why, why do you think that is? Um, what do you think the drivers are? Yeah, well, uh, I think there are several reasons for that. I will think I, I will start with a pretty uh, obvious ones, and I think they have to do with the with the business itself, with the business of the of the banks. One of them is they want to attract customers, or rather not to lose them. Uh, what I mean by that is that traditional crypto exchanges are offering more and more new services. And even some of them, such as Kraken, for example, got a banking licenses. They are starting to provide traditional uh, banking services as well. So uh, one of the reasons would be not to lose these clients that are moving towards uh, traditional crypto exchanges. Another reason would be again uh, related to business itself is to create like another type of revenue uh, by having this kind of services you 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 can have like a new type of income based for example on on fees or transaction fees or or buying and selling crypto where where you get an an, an extra revenue in your in your bank another reason for that would be just branding the new uh, i mean 
the crypto world, blockchain, DLT, it's a very popular uh, nowadays and very innovative. And that provides like a very innovative uh, branding to your to your bank. But on the other hand, there are two more uh, crypto-related uh, reasons. Uh, one has already been mentioned, and is the regulation itself. I mean, this this world is is getting more and more regulated. We are starting with Switzerland, but for example, in in Europe, they are starting to develop the MiCA, which is the Markets in Crypto Assets uh, Directive, where they plan to regulate all the digital asset management throughout uh, Europe, and the same is happening in other areas in uh, around the globe. So that will speed up this transition into the into the crypto world. Last but probably not least <laughs> is the availability of new solutions that provide, for example, custody solutions such as, for example, Custodigit in in Switzerland, or even the the, the traditional cloud providers which uh, are providing more and more uh, crypto and blockchain services as well. So that facilitates the integration of those services into the into the bank. That's uh, that's very interesting. I think so. One one of the things that we wanted to speak about today is that in terms of solutions, and and you you just said that now. So this is probably a pretty good uh, thing to speak about next. Is that we have been working and partnering with Custodigit, um, who provide a digital asset custody solution. I know that uh, Julian, you've been one of the people who has been helping lead that partnership with them. Um, can you maybe give us a brief overview about how that um, came about and maybe some benefits? of uh, using Custodia uh, compared to other custody solutions? Yes, absolutely, David. So fintechs and startups usually kick off with an idea and a plan, but are often facing the issue of scaling. And as such, it's quite common to search for a partner that will help on two different aspects of the business. So first, the implementation of the idea itself, and then also go-to-market go acceleration. And this is exactly the nature of our relationship with Custodigit. We leverage our global network to provide them with nearshoring implementation services and brand visibility worldwide. Concerning the product itself, it is quite clear that handling the custody of digital assets is a whole new puzzle for cybersecurity staffs. And as we could see in the last decade, we had so many hacks uh, where exchanges or wallets lost the private keys and as such lost also the funds of the clients. So it's quite clear that uh, being, held, being able to handle the private keys with great care is absolutely paramount to offer a trustable and reliable service. So the, man the management of the cold wallets and private keys in uh, HSMs combined with audited and secured processes is really the name of the game when we are speaking about the custody for uh, institutions. And this is exactly where Custodigit steps in. The solution offers crypto custody services for institutional clients, whether those are either crypto banks or regular banks, and it operates as a software as a service. It integrates seamlessly with the core banking system of the bank uh, for reconciliation purposes, for reporting, for transactions even, and it offers really integrated user journey from end to end. It can be accessed directly from the bank via API calls or through well-designed UIs. So you really have the benefit to handle and manage your digital assets through integrated channels while storing the private keys safely deeply in HSMs located in top tier Swiss data centers. 
Really, everything at SeaVault is about offering a stellar service for institutional clients while maintaining security as the top priority. So in short, if you are searching for a top-notch digital asset custody solution with a focus on institutional clients, then Custodigit is the right partner. That's very interesting. I, I think um, it's, it's interesting to see how, how again and again GFT are working with and, and, and for these kind of very um, cutting-edge technology services and, and more and more banks and financial services institutions are, are, um, are starting to work with them and GFT jointly. So it's um, it's really exciting uh, time at this point in time. So, so Esteban, we've also um, been working on many uh, other parts are in, in the regulated crypto exchange area. In fact, one of our projects um, that we've been working on has just gone live in the UK and it's actually back to tier one bank. Maybe you can give us a few details about project if, uh, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so this is a, a very interesting, a very interesting project, as as you said, backed by a tier one bank, where they wanted to provide a B two B solution for for financial institutions. So that's basically what what we built, and this bank wanted to be, become the custodian of their digital assets of the uh, financial institutions. So it's a, it's a very interesting project because it combines the advantages of the decentralization work that we have with cryptos and, and blockchain together with uh, tighter controls on, over the, the transactions. So you are able to do all the security checks for anti-fraud, you know, your customer or AML before sending any transactions to the, uh, to the relevant uh, blockchain. So that's that, that's a very good and interest, interesting mix uh, between between uh, regular banks and the and the decentralized world. Uh, it's also interesting because we built it from from scratch. We didn't use like a, a specific uh, custody solution as we mentioned uh, before. In this case, we only external, uh, externalized the the HSM, the hardware security module, where the where we keep the the the, the custody of the wallets uh, themselves and of course the infrastructure which is running in 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 the cloud and also always following a security first approach because that's uh, paramount in this in these cases and also it's worth mentioning that based on this experience and other experiences that we have um, had in in this bank and other banks uh, doing this kind of project uh, we have built a, like a reference architecture for crypto banks. It doesn't matter if you want to build like a crypto bank from uh, from scratch or if you want to integrate it in your in your banking services, like an extra functionality. But it provides the the different modules that you need to put in place and the different technologies that can provide that uh, those those services. Sounds like a, a super interesting uh, project and. Uh... Quite exciting that's actually gone to market already so um so thanks for explaining in, in more detail about that and obviously the reference architecture as well it's also extremely interesting um and i've also been involved in that and it's been a quite quite a fun process to be able to put it together so maybe the last question and this is for for everybody so we can uh, just just do a round on this the, the fact that current institutional custody solutions are often limited to a small number of, of coins or, or, or tokenization standards. What are your opinions about that opening up to all cryptos or e-money, including CBDCs, and how will 
that impact uh, custody solutions in general? Yeah, I, I can start with that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I fully agree, agree with your with your point. Currently, it use they usually cover like the basic uh, cryptocurrencies and even the the tokenization standard, the pretty basic ones as uh, as well. So I would and we're talking about uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, and the basic ERC twenty uh, standards, right? So, but. I think it's it's a fact that the, the the this this kind of solution need to be need to evolve uh, to incorporate new new standards, stable coins, and CBDCs for for different reasons. Uh, first of all, the standards are really needed in the in the market. For example, the ERC ERC fourteen hundred standard for security tokens, which it's been used more and more. Or the seventy, uh, the seven twenty one for um, for NFTs, which have become very popular lately, and but also stable coins such as Dai or, or Tether, but uh, DM as well that it will become will go live uh, uh, soon soon enough, and and the other point was uh, CBDCs, which is uh, like a very very important point because whenever those are released. Uh, I would say that it's not a matter of whether I want to incorporate it or not. It's a fact that you need to incorporate it because it will be like a regular currency, but let's say managed in a, in a different way, right? So, so I, I need the the custody solutions need to keep up with the with the pace, but it's also good that they keep up with with that because uh, other banks or institutions or financial institutions will be able to leverage that work that they are doing in order to incorporate more and more of those uh, digital assets as well in their in their service. Yeah, absolutely, Esteban. And uh, if we compare the offering that is uh, being showcased in the main exchanges online on Kraken, on Binance, or, uh, or Coinbase, for instance, we can see in the last years how much this offering has expanded, right? From a few crypto pairs that were offered in 2016, now you can have thousands of different pairs which are offered, and this opens up the investment possibilities as well for the for, for the the clients and the investors. And as such, it's become, it become it becomes a struggle to keep up with all the different possibilities that exist on the market and be able to store them in a secured way. And you were mentioning as well NFTs, which is really interesting because uh, we we all can figure uh, in our head and imagine uh, a piece of art which is uh, in in a safe in a bank. But now we need to also to be able to imagine an NFT which is being in the same way stored safely in a crypto custodian. And it's basically the same thing. It's just that it's not the physical asset, but it's representation on the blockchain. And here we can really see the the switch in the paradigm, right? It's it's really interesting to see how this will be handled in the future. Yeah, that, that is an interesting um, it's an interesting uh, a point about about NFTs. I think my 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 personal take on this is that, so there's I think that we're going to see more and more coins being offered, uh, even in institutional uh, grade uh, crypto custody solutions. I think as we can prove that we can do AML checks against, um, against different types of coins and we can prove that, um, the, the line of custody is, is okay. Um, and, uh, hasn't been used for any, uh, nefarious means. Um, then I think that we're going to be able to 
add more and more cryptos um, onto onto these and more and more tokenizations on standards or or, or things like uh, yeah NF, NFTs on on top. I, I'm not. I think with stable coins, we'll have to see what happens. I think that's the thing. The thing that I always get with stable coins or CBDCs is that I think that the um, you'll probably have a few stable coins um, that um, will be accepted more generally, and then you when the CBDCs come into force in the next couple of years, I think that the stable coin, the regulations around stable coins will will, will kind of change based on that. And at this point in time, it's it's, it's not clear to see exactly which way it will go. So there could be some stable coins which will be adopted. Stable coins will move much quicker than CBDCs in, in lots of places, I would imagine. But that that's a kind of like a changing landscape. So I think the adoption of stable coins and CBDCs is something, you know, a few steps ahead. And I think that area um, is something that's very interesting. There's a lot of complexity there. I reckon the rounds kind of traditional cryptos, slowly but surely, we're just going to add more on there. And that's kind of, I suppose, my take on on this um, at this point in time. But these things change so quickly; uh, it's such a uh, it, it evolves so quickly. This world, so um, so we'll see what whether whether that's the same in a year from now. So yeah, so that's all we've got time for today. I'd just like to thank um, both Julian and Esteban uh, for joining the show, and thanks everybody at home for listening in. You're welcome. Thank you, David. Thank you.